Well, good afternoon, everyone. All right, now, how many of you besides me have already said good morning to somebody? All right, there we go. First people I see, good morning. Oh, no, 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 no. It is wonderful to have you all together today. And thank you so much for reading the bulletin comment that said, please fill up this side first, because there must have been something somewhere that said fill that up first. Anyways, uh, it's great to have everybody together here. Thank you if you're visiting and joining us and helping us celebrate today. We're really looking forward to worshiping with you. And so thank you for joining us today. Let's open our service with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that today we can celebrate 182 years of your faithfulness to Goshen Baptist Church and the faithfulness of your people for 182 years. And so, Lord, we are excited to be here, to have this family of faith that we can celebrate with. And so, Lord, would you inhabit our praises? And, Father, may we be drawn closer to you in this day of celebration. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good afternoon. The call to worship today is from Psalm 105, verses 1 to 3. It's a responsive reading. You'll read the part in yellow. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Glory in his holy name. First hymn this afternoon is number 210 in your hymnals. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty.
Please be seated. Well, we do have some announcements today. Uh, first off, I would like to share with you this great picture of Keegan and Tressa Marshall de Sutter that got married on Friday. And so, I, I, yeah, that's worth celebrating. Keegan was one of the youth that I had at First Baptist Tilsonburg. Uh, his mom was our uh, office administrator for a while, and so um, it was quite a pleasure to be able to do that. It was held at Carnegie Hall in Ingersoll, which is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you've ever been in there, but it is stunning. And so, a uh, really wonderful time, and things went well there. Uh, for our birthdays and anniversaries we have coming up, uh, Scott and Carrie are celebrating their anniversary on the 19th. So, happy anniversary to you guys. Missed one on the 17th. Who did I miss? Oh, my mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a short reign while I was her favorite son-in-law. Those days are done. Hi, happy birthday this week. Tuesday, as a matter of fact. Oh, gosh. Oh. No, no, it's all right. People know me well enough to know that I own up to my mistakes that I make here. Um, speaking of which, so we've had a couple of emails go out to everybody within our email list about Bible study this week. And uh, the first one said that we we're switching to Wednesdays. And the second one said, no, 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 we've got to do it on Thursday. I have a funeral now to do on Thursday. So, um, but the good news is that it's not till one o'clock. So we are doing Bible study on Thursdays at 1030 for this week. Then the following week we'll switch to Wednesdays. So this Thursday, 1030 is going to be Bible study. Um, for those of you who may know the family and, or may know the person, uh, sadly this week Robin Matthews passed away. And so he is the son of Ann Matthews and Jim Matthews. Uh, Jim used to play uh, for First Baptist Tilsonburg many years ago. And um, so his sister Dawn reached out to me this week asking if I would uh, be there for the family. Robin had an aneurysm about three weeks ago and just never recovered, unfortunately. And so um, that will be happening at Thursday at 1 o'clock at Ostrander's Funeral Home. We just made the arrangements today, and so just found out from Ken Butcher uh, when it would be. So that's why there's no slide for that one. You want fame? You want glory? You want to hear some amazing singers? I'm going to be part of them. <laughs> All this in humility too, right? So Houghton is having a hymn sing next Sunday night at 7 p.m. And the Eden Heirs are going to be there. Uh, world famous, I think, or something like that. Um, but they are a choral group that Eden has put together. And uh, Beth and I have been invited to, to join them and sing. I'll have a short little reflection uh, as well. And so uh, everyone is cordially invited out to Houghton for their hymn sing next Sunday night at 7 p.m. Also, um, coming up on Monday, October 23rd, is the Youth for Christ Banquet and Fun Night. And this is called It's Time to Laugh, and it's with a group of guys called the Fidgets. And uh, tickets are only $40, and that may seem like a lot, and in some ways it is a lot. But when you consider that you're getting entertainment plus a fantastic meal, uh, then that is actually pretty reasonable, because any entertainment these days is just ridiculous to try and buy a ticket, right? So 
Um, only $40 a person. If you want tickets, um, please speak to me or go on to uh, Youth for Christ website or the Facebook page and you can get tickets there. Did you bring any today, Rayburn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or just see Rayburn because he has tickets too. Uh, don't miss out on this great time. And so that's coming up again on Monday, October 23rd. And so, uh, yeah, that, we're excited about that. Also, uh, of course, if you would like to give to the work of Goshen Baptist Church as we seek to serve Jesus in this community, you may do so either through the offering plates at the back of the church or also through e-transfer online through our email. And so that email address is on the screen for you as well. Let's take a moment and thank God for his blessings to us and for this offering. So Father, we thank you for the tithes and the offerings that have been given and that will be given. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to take part in building your kingdom. We thank you for the call you have placed on our lives to worship you in this way. And so take all of our tithes and offerings, we pray, and use them for your glory, that others may come to know you, and that Goshen may continue to have this legacy that they've built over 182 years. In Jesus' name, amen. This time I'm going to invite uh, my suddenly surprised wife, um, who's just uh, realized that she's now going to be singing, but she was already prepared for it. She just didn't know when it was coming. So Beth, please come and join us, and I'll make sure we've got your sound set up.
We can follow that. Thanks, Beth. That was great. Our next hymn is The Family of God, number 419 in your hymnals. as part of our tradition here at Goshen Baptist Church, we always have a time where we are praying for one another. This is an important thing that we do. And uh, we would add to this list of names that we have here, of course, the family of Robin Matthews uh, in his passing. I was out to see him in ICU in London and uh, met up with Anne and another sister there. And, uh, but uh, yeah, he was, he was not conscious at the time. And but it was good to be there with the family and to care for them. And we all come with our own things, don't we? You know what our week has been like. Uh, the good and the bad and maybe even the ugly, right? And so uh, let's take some time now and come and unite our hearts to pray to God and lift up some of these needs that we have. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you today. And we are grateful that we are here. We're excited to see faces familiar and new. And Father, we are excited to celebrate together. But we don't forget about the difficulties that are happening in the world around us. So Father, we continue to pray for those who are in need of your touch. Les Craig and Joel Prouse. 
Jack Hardiman and Maddie Roman. And Father, also for the family of Robin Matthews as they grieve his passing. Father, for each of the things that we carry from our week, the joys and the sorrows, the trials and the tribulations, the answers to prayer. Father, you have been with us through all of it. And we are grateful. Help us not to take that lightly or to forget. So, Father, bring healing where it is needed. Physical, mental, spiritual healing. Father, bring light where there is darkness. We pray for peace in the Middle East. Father, we pray for those whose lives have been torn apart by war there and elsewhere in the world. Father, may your people show up. May they point to you. May they point to your son, Jesus Christ, as the answer. Because he truly is. Because most of our problems start in the heart. And Jesus has come that we may have different hearts. To bring healing. To bring hope. And to bring happiness. Father, we lift up our sister churches as well that have been worshiping today and pray that your word would go forth strong and true. And as we worship today and as we learn and listen and as David shares a message today, Father, may our hearts be open to what you would say through him. Thank you again for the faithfulness of 182 years. We are joyous. We do celebrate such an incredible thing. Father, thank you for all those who have faithfully led along the years at Goshen Baptist Church. The paid and the unpaid. The volunteers, the pastors. Father, bless them. And may we carry on their legacy. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn is Be Thou My Vision, number 562. Please stand.
scripture reading this afternoon is Matthew 5, verses 11 to 16. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. At this time, I'd like to invite uh, Reverend David Stead to come up and join us. And uh, as you can see on the screen, he is the former pastor of Goshen and Eden Baptist Churches. And uh, trying to be, you know, considerate and everything like that, I, uh, one I uh, asked him if he had been ordained, and he pointed out that he was ordained here at Goshen Baptist Church in 1985, was it? 85. No, no, you're, you're, you're making me old here, aren't you? 95? 95. 95. I got married to that one over there in, in 83. Okay. So, yes, it was... Well, you could be ordained right after getting married. I what could've. do I know? I could. <laughs> Let me pray for you before you, thank you. speak for us today. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for David being with us today and uh, for the words that you have placed upon his heart. And Father, I pray that you would speak through him in this time. Uh, thank you for the blessing of having him with us today and uh, his family too. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Amen. So, here's the remote. Yes, that one forward, forward and backwards. And backwards. Excellent. Right. Thank you so much. Good morning. Oh. <laughs> now I want to rewind and start again. Good afternoon. Great to see everyone. Wow, this is great coming back. It's been like 24 years. Thanks so much for the invite to come here wherever Serena, there you are back there is hiding. Uh, prayers for you and your family. Where's, where's dad today? He deserves that after all that you folks have been through. Uh, don't you folks have the best pastor and wife ever? Yes? Uh, so let me just give you a few quick updates before we launch into today's message. Uh, I'll start with myself. So after, uh, after we were here from 1993 until 1999, uh, we were called to go up to Owen Sound. And uh, we were there until 2007. Then from there, we were called to go down to London. We were at Westview until 2013. Anybody know where Smith's Falls is? Oh, good. Bless your heart. Uh, it's 45 minutes, almost exactly, from our home in Smith's Falls to the Parliament buildings in Ottawa. So that gives you an idea of where it is. And uh, we lived there for eight years, and we finished up there in 2021. Uh, after that, of course, we're pandemic and everything else. I got into the funeral business. I was doing a number of things and still do a few things with funerals. And uh, I also then got into sales. So I sold furniture at Leon's. Anybody need a mattress? Uh, I actually got out of that because I'm, I'm right now on stress lead, have been all, all summer long until now. Um, 
mental health. And I know that many of you have talked with me about mental health and how that, that little road goes. Uh, Linda's here. We've been married since 1983, as you heard. Oh, I could have done that as a quiz, couldn't have I? I could have said we were married for since when. You guys could have, oh, man. Uh, married in 1983. We got here 10 years later, as you heard. So we've been through quite a lot lately. Linda's been really well with her health. If you remember when she was here, uh, we had some health issues that we had to pray through at that time, and she's done very well. Uh, we uh, adopted, as you probably remember, we had two boys, and then we adopted the three girls. The, the monkey, the youngest one, is here. Uh, she came after we moved up to Owen Sound, and that's Emily. Everybody say hi, Emily. Hi. She loves to be embarrassed to say it again. Hi. You guys are amazing. That's terrific. Tim, our oldest. Uh, went uh, on to marry a doctor, Dr. Kate, and uh, they have given us two grandsons, Leo, who's three going on 33, <laughs> and this is baby Jack. Everybody go, aww, ooh. <laughs> you guys are so obedient, that's so good. Baby Jack now is 16 months old. Thank you so much. Uh, our Brian, everybody remember Brian? Remember Brian? 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 Six foot three, fell of a tree, by the way. True story, he was in Norway, um, he fell out of a tree, landed on his feet, uh, did in two or three vertebrae on his spine, and he's a little bit shorter than he used to be. Uh, just keep praying for him though, because he has occasional pain boats. But he went to Norway to go to school for nine months, and he's been living there for 11 years, something like that. 14 years, 14 years. Uh, married a young lady. I, I said to him, I even did this. It's so dumb, Carrie. I said, yes, you can go to Norway so long as you don't get yourself a Norwegian girlfriend, get yourself married, and live there the rest of your life. Wrote him a check almost, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Uh, they have given us a beautiful little grandson named Alling, and uh, uh, I just have to learn how to speak Norwegian so I can actually talk to my own grandson. Um, uh, Faith, Heather, and Emily. So Faith is the oldest. Faith is now 28, 27. Are you sure? Well, of course you're sure. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not far away, but she's sure, Terry. Okay. I've only been married for 40 years. You'd think by now I'd learn. Yes. Um, Faith is, uh, is now working at Loblaws. And so that's pretty neat uh, up in Collingwood. Heather is the chef. She went to college, and she passed her college course, yay, and she's the, the chef, and Emily here sells Avon. Anybody need skin so soft? <laughs> yes, so that's an update on the family, and uh, uh, I got to tell you, though, that um, having left here, our, our hearts are constantly still here in this place, so what a blessing it has been to come back. Now, here we go. Let me tell you some of the things that I remember about Eden before we go any further. Eden and Goshen, what did I say? Okay. My call to Eden and Goshen. How many of you remember the story? Oh, good. So, I'm in Kitchener. Uh, I'm still going to school. It is 1993, this beginning of the year, and the phone rang. And it's one of those that rang at five, between five and six. So I'm thinking, hello, telemarketer, right? And I pick it up, and I, hello, is David Steed there? Now that's usually the giveaway, right? Because they always try too hard, and they always say my name wrong. So I'm as snotty as snotty can be, okay? And I said, no, but David Stead is here. There's a pause. 
Well, hello, he says. It's Herbie Sandom calling from the Goshen Baptist Church. I'm going to vote for you. Insert mouth and foot. Yes. It was, it was a lot of fun, though. I had a great time coming down here. Uh, who remembers my first Sunday here? Well, you got to remember that one. Because, what is it? Stuff was stolen. Stuff was stolen. So, uh, I started on May the 1st, which is a Saturday. Sunday, May the 2nd, I come here. My very first thing that I'm doing is, you know, the official pastor. I come in here not feeling nervous at all, right? And I walk in for, you know, 9.30 service, and I get here about 8.30, and I realize right away there's something wrong. I got to the door. I felt, I felt that the, everything was wrong here in this place. And sure enough, we were broken into. The soundboard that was brand new sitting over there that I never even saw in my life was gone. Uh, things were all messed up here. Uh, things were messed up downstairs. Remember that VCRs back in the 90s actually, you know, cost money. Everybody wanted them. TV and the VCR were gone. And someone had spit on the pulpit right here. So I ran down to the Sandoms, uh, got them to call the police. They didn't exactly rush it over. So church was started. So what do you do? Everybody met downstairs. Were you playing? So we had a we had a mini church service downstairs, and that was my very first time preaching officially here at Eden and Goshen. You think that I would have I don't know learned by then? Uh, and what I found right away was that there are sandoms everywhere. Amen. <laughs> if you're not directly named Sandom, then it's only a few generations or less, and you'll have a sandom in your name if you're in this area. One of the sandoms, Pat and Herbie, drove us out to Port uh, Port Dover in October that year, and it snowed. And I thought, where have we moved to? <laughs> Snowing here in October, where have we moved to? Um, but shortly thereafter, there's a, a crisis here in this church, and uh, we started to dwindle, almost right away. And uh, about a, two months later, from right here, I said this, Pastor Carl, I said, while I'm here, those doors will not close. And Satan went running. Amen? And with that, prosperity came to this church. It was just so amazing watching what happened. And with all that evil disappeared. And those doors, praise the Lord, are still open. Hallelujah? It just makes me so happy. Now, I did have my ordination service here. Uh, I finished school in um, May of, of 94. And then we started the ordination process, which is all here in this room, the readings and everything else, and the voting and everything else. But because of Christmas time coming, I didn't get voted in until 95. And uh, that's where... That's where the first of my two things here. Scott, where are you? Do you remember that? Your wife made that. That's a picture of, that's a picture of me, of course, right? And then it has my name on it, and it talks about me graduating and then getting ready for ordination. Made by Sherry Mudge, of course. So lots of fun to remember there. Ordination went great. Got a few names I want to remind you of. Charles and Vivian Harris. How many of you remember them? What a great heart, both of them. Uh, they were both 900 years old before we got here. <laughs> and they were young, though, weren't they? 
They were young and they were a lot of fun. That ramp that's over there is for Charles to get him up because Charles had all sorts of problems with his feet. But he loved the Gaither videos. Uh, he loved music. He could sing. What a voice he had when he spoke, too. And how much love they brought to this church. And what a joy he was. Here's my next name, Sherry Mudge. I've already mentioned it. But Sherry was so instrumental in my life, as in many of yours. Um, she... Um, she was the first one around to make a flower bed. Now, most of you think, like, big deal. It's a flower bed. There's a flower bed in the house. No, no. She took a bed. She dug it into her house, into her lawn, right, in front of her house, and she made a flower bed. And that's Sherry. She had crafts all over the place. She uh, did some amazing things. And um, I remember, unfortunately, a whole bunch of, of funerals that... Uh, we're part of knowing the Mudges. Scott, I love you so much. My brother, we have stood together through quite a lot, haven't we? And Star, it's good to have you here. I remember very well uh, Seth Aaron. And I remember um, Sam and Sky. And uh, I missed one along the way here. Oh, Seaburn. Seaburn Aaron as well. And being there along with Pastor Sylvester when dear Sherry died after she had been through so much with her brain tumor. That was her line, by the way. I'm fine except for the tumor. What a, what a inspiration. Looking over here at Carrie. Carrie, we have had such great fun. Where's Marsha? Marsha? Marsha and Carrie and Deb and I and a few others that came and went. We'd get together every quarter and we'd pick music. And uh, sometimes we actually stayed on focus, right? Most of the time we just had such a great time just laughing and sharing and singing songs and the whole bit. That was one of my fun ones. Who remembers Anna Nunn? Oh, I loved Anna. Quince trees. I've only seen a couple of quince trees since we were here, but she had one on her farm. She had this wonderful way of, of loving people and gardens and the whole bit. And then she had her mama with her, Mrs. Salsack, right? Remember Mrs. Salsack? Mrs. Salsack was known for a number of things, including going to the doctor. She said to the doctor, my, my knee, just check his back out. My knee is very, really sore. The doctor got down and looked. Sounds like a joke, but it's true. Got down and looked and said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Solsack, it's just old age. Oh, no, doctor, she said right away. It's not old age at all. She said, this knee's just the same age as this one. It's just fine. <laughs> Mrs. Solsack. Baptisms were a lot of fun here in this church because the baptismal tank is like this. I found that out one day when, uh, when I started to do a baptism, realizing we have not put into the water any, any jabber, any bleach. So the stairs were full of algae, the side walls were full of algae, and the floor was full of algae. And I got into it barely without falling. And I stood there, and I'm slowly sliding towards the green in the middle. And I'm thinking, this is going to be really fun, or it's not going to work. But you know how God works, right? Because I had a little uh, face cloth there. And believe it or not, while everybody was singing and whatever else, I put it onto the surface. Of course, I didn't want to go down. And I used my leg like this. No one saw it, by the way. And I started scrubbing. And I scrubbed the entire tank during the whole time that that song was going on and no one even realized it was going on. But we had baptism, we had weddings in here. There was a Sandham wedding in particular that was in here. And it was nine million degrees. And there was a lineup of Sandhams uh, all the way from here past Portland. 
and into, into Simcoe. And the rule was all the males were supposed to get a boutonniere. I think you were playing. And, uh, and so there was this lineup of people trying to get into here. It was crazy. We had chairs all over the place. And I kept thinking, I hope the fire marshal doesn't come along. <laughs> and I said to him, now look, glad everybody's here. If I say this, you're going to turn around, stand up, turn around, pick up your chair, and just go out the door. Keep the chair in your hand the whole time, because that's the only way we're going to get out of this place. It was amazing. And then, of course, you've done a wedding back here, haven't you? It's so hot back there. It was so much fun. Sunday school picnics, especially at the Parsons. We had a lot of great times there. A couple of the Stead girls were dedicated during those picnics. You guys and food, strawberry social. Star, I gotta get back here. I gotta get back here for the next one. I wanna know, Serena, Pastor, next one we're gonna come for sure. I remember, I remember the, the different tools that people used to take the, what's it called, the green card off of the, what's it called? Pole? There you go. I don't even know what it's called. Some people even use spoons. It was amazing. But all these people, men and women, sitting around taking all those strawberries and getting them out. How many years have you had a strawberry social, I wonder? <laughs> nice to have Marguerite Rachel with us. Love Bill and Marguerite. They were, they were so good to us when we first got here. What great helpers. Marguerite's the only one that I've never met that can whip potatoes. The only way that she can. She's the best potato whipper everywhere. You always should sit over here. Now, I'm going to say something that Marguerite, this is so funny to me, okay? I knew when it was time to finish preaching when Marguerite would. Come back awake. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We, we joked about that. Listen, um, do you guys remember the, the old show that was here? Do you remember the, the dry shed? Do you remember the hall that was here? Now, I don't remember how we got rid of the dry shed, but uh, Bill was the one with the, with the diesel fuel to burn down that, that old uh, orange hall. And we had quite a fire, and I love good fires. Who loves a good fire? Man. But the only problem was it was diesel, so it danced on top of the wood, and so it took such a long time for it to ignite. We're all there like pyromaniacs, ready for this big, big inferno of this old, tired building, and it's like, yeah, we'll get there, but we had such a great time. I don't even remember what year that was. I can tell you this, um, there was so many great visits, so many great memories, going to the hospital, uh, finishing school when I was here. My last Christmas, I got rescued, by the way. Last Christmas was, it was icy, so I went between Goshen, sorry, Eden and, and Goshen here, and got into a car accident, and uh, found a a mailbox, and uh, Jeff Dean was the one who rescued me. Uh, he's the one with the, the, the bag to cover up my uh, window that I smashed. Um, so um, this is one of my most special things ever. And who remembers this, anybody? I have carried this around, and I'm never gonna get rid of it. Thank you so much. There's what the old church looked like, Carl. There's the old doors. There's a sign that we made up. Remember what that was made out of? It was the bottom of a barrel from the tobacco industry. Yes, yes, of course. And uh, uh, inside here, a whole lot of signatures. So I'm gonna take that downstairs and let you take a look at it. Guess who made it? Sherry Mudge, of course. What a blessing. And uh, I learned too, by the way, about tobacco. 
tobacco, as they call it. I was told, by the way, if by any chance I say anything negative about tobacco, I'd be out of here in a hurry. But I also learned about kills, not kills, and priming and etc. And it was quite an education while I was here. Well, so many great things, so many great saints that have gone before us here at Goshen. I was thinking about the year 1841. No one was around back then, were they? Please say no. You know, the War of 1812 ended in 14, so it was only 27 years from then, and another 26 years from then before we became Canada of the Nation and Confederation happened. So right in the middle is when this church opened. It makes you wonder what was going on here. What, what was, was it tree war? Were the roads still corduroy? Were they still a mess of mud? Uh, the smells would have been different. Everything would have been different. Uh, this was not called Ontario then. What was it called? Upper Canada, otherwise known as what? West Canada. I didn't know that. Or Canada West. Yes. Uh, we just survived uh, rebellions that had happened. Okay, so seven questions for you. You ready? Who's smart today? What was the capital of Canada in 1841? York. York was the right, but almost right, but not. Fort York. No. <laughs> Who is it? York. Nope. Kingston. Kingston, then Montreal for a little while until it got burned down. And then it came back this way. Isn't that interesting? Okay, anybody have a guess what the population of Canada was back in 1841? That's your answer for everything, isn't it? How many people think it was more than a million? How many people think it was less than a million? Okay, you're right. 455,688 people. But at that, back then, did they only do a census with a man? I'm wondering, who knows? I don't know, I don't know the answer. Okay, um, what was Canada's flag? Yes, that was an easy one. Uh, who was the monarch? The monarch of Great Britain, including Canada, in 1841 is? Queen Victoria, that's right, Pastor, well done. Uh, who was the premier of Upper Canada? No one knows this one. Samuel Harrison. Here's a tricky one. You knew that? Okay. I wouldn't put it past her. Here's a tricky one. What was the currency in Canada in 1841? See, now, I said that she's wrong this time. So what do I do this time here? Linda said sterling. What is that? The British pound? You'd be almost right. The Canadian pound, believe it or not. Because in, in 1841, there were major changes that happened here in Canada. And we started to step towards nationhood starting in 1840. This is a very particular year for uh, Canada. Now, here's a really tricky one. You ready? Scott, this is for you. Who was, Scott, Scott, who was, you, you, I got all the Scott power right here. Who was the Prime Minister of Canada in 1841? Trick question, there wasn't one. <laughs> there, was a, there was the Queen, there was the Governor General, who for the first half of the year was Charles P. Thompson. 
then he died from pneumonia. So that is your quick quiz. What did it look like? What did it smell like? What was this area like back then? How much faith it would have had on behalf of a few people to say, man, we're going to do a church here. And you can imagine what it would be like to come along the roads and, and finally there's a building that ends up here and people can see it for such a distance. And praise the Lord, this church has stood here serving the Lord, those doors opening and closing for 182 years. And you folks get to take those reins and continue walking in them. That is quite a privilege. I want to tell you another one. Just up the road, three hours away, in Goddard, is the world's largest mine of this common thing. It's a quiz. Someone said it already. The 500 workers at the Godrich Sifto mine work at a depth of 1,750 feet. How long is a mile? 5,380 feet. Is it? Wow. That was very good. Okay. So uh, a quarter of a mile, roughly. Okay. They go down that far. Let's put it this way. It would take a little while to get down there by foot. They go into this underworld, uh, and it's a mile and a half wide when they get down there. It extends two miles under Lake Huron. The ceiling of the huge beehive complex averages 45 feet in height. So that's basically from here to the tip of the roof if you're standing outside. All this to bring to the world this one item that so many have deemed necessary for hundreds of years and for which there are over 14,000 uses, including medicine, roads, religion, water softeners, and of course, food. It has been used as a currency. You can still use it as a dowry to get a wife in some parts of the world with just 50 pounds of it. I'd have to add, you know, like 10 times that much to get my Linda, yes? Oh, come on now, that was a good line. Yeah. So, um, wars have been fought over it. Nations have fallen because of it. Sodium chloride, or to geologists, halite, has changed history and language. The construction of one of the most famous military roads in history, the Via Salaria, went into the city of Rome. Roman legionnaires who guarded this route received a part of their pay in this item. And from this ration on the Via Salarota came the word salary. Today even, a good employee is said to be worth his weight in it. What is it, of course? Salt. Isn't it interesting how our, you, our Lord used salt to tell us how we, who are believers in Jesus Christ, should be in this world? It's just an interesting, common item, but what a fascinating history with it. He did so in his Sermon on the Mount, as, as Scott Pittock read so well from up here, uh, a message he gave to his disciples primarily, but to the crowd that gathered as Jesus began his ministry. It was early in his ministry. And this is their marching orders, the foundation for the disciples, and for us in our world today, as we're Christians soon to leave this place and go into the missionary world into which God has placed us. We're called to be two things, salt and light 
for Jesus. So today, on our 182nd anniversary, I want to talk about salt. I want to talk about being light and see what Jesus requires of us in response. The Romans, by the way, had a, uh, a verse, a rhyme. And it was this, nil utilis sol a sail, meaning there's nothing more useful under the sun than salt. In the times of Jesus, there are three attributes of salt that we need to understand for today that will make us better salt in the world. Here's the first one. We are to be pure. You see, salt is directly connected with purity. Salt is a perfect crystal. It is clear, well, until you stack it up with other salt crystals around it, and then the pure white hue emerges. The Romans thought it was so pure because it came from the sun and the sea, the purest of things. Christians are to be a symbol of purity in this mixed-up world, Jesus reminds us. And so as, as you folks begin this, your 182nd, well, you just you do your 183rd year. You've done 182 already. As you look to the future starting today, just go and be sold. As you look to the horizon, and as a church of Jesus Christ in 2023, here at the Goshen Baptist Church, I want to challenge you to be pure. Now, this is not the way the world understands the church. The world understands the church is supposed to change to be like the world. We're not supposed to be like that. We are called to be pure in this world. See, in the midst of the garbage, in the midst of the trash of this world, may I challenge you to dare to strive to be holy. Psalm 24, 3 and 4 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who doesn't trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Listen, do you as individuals and do you as a church here in Goshen Baptist Church, do you strive to have a pure heart in 2023? In particular, as this world's standards fall, and they seem to be falling all the time, as this world's ideal of morality drops, as this world's sanction of what is right uh, being called wrong, and what is wrong being, oh no, that, that's perfectly all right right now. How are we doing with this? Are we really striving to be pure? What God sees as pure. Honesty, worth, work ethics, conscientiousness, moral standards. These are the things that have been lowered. But we are to be pure as salt is pure. Here's the next thing that salt is known for. It's to be a preservative. Um, how, how many of you would be interested in, you know, when they came over here from, from the, the old world to the new world, the whole lot of fishing. We were caught fishing this summer out in, uh, in Newfoundland, and oh, we had a whole lot of fun, let me tell you. But I kept looking at these fish and wondering how long they'd stay fresh, right? And really, by the time we even got in that day, they were starting to show signs of getting old. Can you imagine getting a whole hold of fish from Newfoundland? and trying to get them to 
back to Britain without some sort of preservative. Wouldn't that smell wonderful? <laughs> open up the whole, you need not to open it up, would you? They'd say, wow, I guess that ship came in because it would smell so bad. But when you use the right preservative, when you completely overdose it with salt, what happens to those same fish? They're perfectly fine. They're kept, they're kept fresh. They restore the life once that salt has been removed. Now, some have likened salt's uh, intervention in meat to Christ giving a new soul to the dying here on earth. Our role as believers in being salt in this world is to therefore bring in this antiseptic quality to life. Isn't that an interesting thought? We'll bring an antiseptic, a cleaning quality to life. We're able to cleanse and restore life to the dead and the dying of this world, to show them there's something that's great and amazing and glorious. During the Depression, fishermen in the Maritimes often sent fish by rail to Saskatchewan, and so much salt was packed in the rail car with the fish that when the fish arrived, it was so salty that you had to soak it well in order to eat it. But when the fish arrived in cars without salt, they learned the value of it. Listen. When our presence for the Lord is used well for his glory, our witness in this decaying and dying world brings life and health and strength. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. It's all about being fresheners in this world. Sometimes we think the opposite, you know? We can get so caught up in, in rules and everything else that we are not necessarily thinking that we're salt. And we've got to get rid of all that and just go back and be in a preserver of this world to pick this world back up again. 182 years. This church has been here in Norfolk County telling the world a fresh, wonderful, glorious, simple story of the love of God. And it's up to us to take up that challenge and bring life. We're the fresheners. We're the sustaining force in this community. We're the lifting effect in the tri-counties of Norfolk and Elgin and Oxford. Here we are, right in the middle, to be preservative, life preservatives, as it were, life boats to the needy of this community. Now, by the way, in the Bible, the word preserve is used many times. Fourteen times alone, the word preserve is in the book of Psalms. Ten alone being in the 119th Psalm. Uh, being the longest one in the Bible, of course. Here's what verse 88 says. In your unfailing love, preserve my life, that I, I may obey the statutes of your mouth. Perhaps the best known one is in Psalm 121. Who knows how it ends? The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Preservative. God is the ultimate of preservers. And we can feel protected. I'm going to go this far. Even pickled. Is that alright? We can all feel pickled. Preserved by our God. There's one more. That's flavor. Isn't this the thing that salt's best known for? Yes. Hallelujah. Have you ever been to a restaurant and that guy beside you doesn't even taste his food. What do you do right away? 
And then you think, wow, that's a lot, but he's only starting, man. He's just going, right? Why is he doing that? Because he wants to increase his blood sugar level or his, his, uh, his glucose level, whatever, all those different things that, that salt's known to do, you know, clog up his heart and all that. No, no, no. He does it because he likes the flavor. And that's the best use. Listen, roads being salted, that's great. And uh, IV solutions and water softeners, all those things that we mentioned are great. But the greatest use for salt is simply flavor. What a highly prized commodity is salt. Trade it for brides and other riches beyond measure because it tastes great. And Jesus said that we are to go out there and be salt to this world. Now, honestly, especially as Baptists, we kind of look like we've been baptized in lemon juice or in vinegar every now and then, but that's not right. We get to go out there and be salt, folks. Bring that flavor. Uh, we are to live salt and indeed be, be salt to this tasteless and boring world. This world thinks that some of the stuff that they, that they love is good till they realize that true salt is only in Jesus Christ. Um, Roman Emperor Julian, who came after Constantine, um, said this, uh, have you looked at those Christians closely? <laughs> those hollow eyes, those pale cheeks, they brood their lives away, unspurred by ambition. The sun shines for them, but they don't see it. And he goes on and on to say that uh, we can sometimes look as if we aren't salt. In fact, we've never been touched by salt. That's the way that most Christians, in fact, appear to this world. A sour bunch. But the true believer, and this is the great part, Wherever you go, whether it's McDonald's in, in Woodstock, where, by the way, they, they don't provide a, a refill, just as long as you know that, or whether you're driving down the highway uh, in London, uh, the drivers in London are like the worst ever. And there's the official wave with one finger only, and you get it all the time, right? Um, Actually, interesting story, sideline story. I, I just helped at a funeral just last weekend, and uh, the lady came in so mad. She came in late, she came in mad. And this was wrong, that had to be changed, and so as the service was supposed to start, we're making all these changes. She's flying around, and then she got up in her eulogy. She talked about how we're supposed to be kind to each other. <laughs> Did you, did you hear the story about the, the lady who was driving along and thinking everything was fine until she got to this one corner and oh, she blew up this guy. The cop behind her got out, walked up to the door, pulled her out of the car, arrested her and took her into the police station. You heard the story? And, uh, and, and she says, well, I don't get it. What's going on? And finally, after a couple of hours, he came back and said, I'm so sorry. I, I, I didn't realize that I'd done something wrong. You see, when I pulled up behind you, I looked at your car and there was a sticker that says, Jesus is Lord. When I heard all oh, you, you're yelling and you're screaming, you're going on, and I thought that you had stolen the car. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be salt, folks. The sour faces don't belong. The rhetoric of anger and everything else don't belong. And I gotta tell you, it's so funny now because we live by a church. Man, 
They can be interesting drivers. <laughs> Your ministry is all over the place, okay? Just be salt in this tasteless world. Now, what about this one? We get to be light as well. Have you ever truly been in the dark? Um, it's so important, just like salt's important is light. We're, we're, we're so spoiled now. I'm wondering how many of us have honestly truly been in a completely dark place. Who? It's not that many of us, really. Can you go in your backyard and see a whole lot of light nowadays? It's just disappearing over and over again. We're going to move back here, Linda, because, oh, where do we seem to move to? It's just so, what's that word, light? pollution like you get it all the time you can hardly see anything at all there seems to be light everywhere the night sky has been has been darkened by all the stuff that's been going on and we have this this almost dread i mean how many of you have one of these things right and, and one of these things has one of those things right and so we don't we don't seem to be in the dark hardly ever we forget that in the darkness pure darkness is completely debilitating it is mind-numbingly evil. It's depressing on your soul. It's impossible for you to move around. You don't know what to do. If you want to take a prisoner and torture them, just leave them in the dark for a little while. It's a terrible place to be in. And we get to be light. When uh, uh, Rayburn's here, when we were here at Eden and Goshen, um, somewhere out um, west of they did a haunted house one year. I don't think you were quite here yet. Uh, Brownsville, that's where it was, in Brownsville. And so this old house was very, very tired and falling apart. And they filled it up with straw. Big like that, old house, falling apart, filled with straw. And they had candles in certain places. Add that to it. And uh, the idea was to get yourself successfully through this and get out again. And we got upstairs to this one room and whatever there was there for light to lead us into that room was completely gone. And there's like six or seven of us from the youth group at the time, and we're standing there going, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid to even touch around. You know, I might find people, or I don't, might find a wall, might find a bale of hay, I don't know what I'm going to find. And uh, David Woodford, uh, David Woodward was there. And David Woodward had a watch with one of those new things on it, the Indigo Glow Button. Right? You guys remember when they first came out? Ha! So we're all saying, I don't know what to do. I'm not even sure where we're going to go to. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, David presses his light. Ha! The whole room got lit up. Because one little light defeats even the deepest darkness. Amen? Yeah. And sure enough, we're going to get out of there alive. Alive. We are to be light in this world. So says Jesus in Matthew 5, 14. Light in two ways. Light is so good because it exposes things that's in the dark. As soon as David pressed that button, we knew it was, what was here, what was there, what the route to get out, what was in the way. But it also exposes injustice. Proper light shows us injustice, shows us the truth, brings clarity, tells us where we are supposed to be. But, how many of you ever been to uh, Lake Huron along the shore? Maybe Lake Erie, maybe Lake Ontario, right? And what do they have all the way along those different lakes, all the great lakes and everywhere you go to? Lighthouse, beacons, beacons. You can't, you can't pilot a boat 
in Ontario without going between the green and the red lights. Right? I think I did that right, didn't I? Green and red? It's been a while since I took the course. But we are led by the lights. Lighthouses. Do you illuminate? Some of you are in tough places. Right there in your own home might be the hardest ministry that you'll ever have. Maybe in an apartment building. Maybe in your neighborhood. Maybe at work. Maybe at school. Maybe at different places in your life that you, that you think, oh, i got to go back in there again. I had a lot of hard times when I was at Leon's. It was a very dark place. And I tried my very best to bring light. Listen, do you illuminate? Do you expose? Do you lead others to safety? One more thing, out front. Uh, if you have light, so let's say that David, Wood, David Woodward was back in the hospital, and everything was okay, and David went, but he hid his light. What good has that have done? Not a thing. Listen, it's got to be in the right place. If you cover it up, if you place it too low, it's just going to be lost. But listen, even a low voltage, little tiny light, placed up high for all to see, will reveal detail and allow one to safely navigate across any room. Amen? You know it's so true, as long as it's up high. Jesus said, a city on a hill or a lamp on a lampstand cannot be hidden, or a church on the Goshen Road with all the hills around us. And here it is, still standing, I love Christmas time in here. Oh, we've been in some great churches, Linda. Yes, amen. The Christmas time in Goshen still brings back those little goosey bumps. I loved it here with the lights and everything else. And that's one of the greatest things about Christmas, isn't it? That light and the darkness. But you've got to be able to show them. You've got to be able to let them out. You've got to be able to get your wicks in the old days and trim them up and make sure you have enough oil and make sure that everything's all there. Jesus says how ridiculous it would be to have a, a light for your lamp and then uh, not actually use it. Let your light shine unashamedly for Jesus. You know, it's interesting how many times people in this world are waiting for you to say something about your friend Jesus. I remember being at a Billy Graham conference when I was here at Eden and Goshen, and the person who was up there uh, leading that day said, um, everybody wants to be prayed for. Think about that line. Everybody wants to be prayed for. And I tried it. We went outside. There was a Muslim fellow who was uh, driving a taxi there in Toronto in the heat, and uh, we started talking. I said, can I pray for you? And he was so grateful. Listen, show that light. Jesus said the other way, whoever shall deny me before man, him I will also deny before my Father which is in heaven. When you give your heart, his light shines in you and through you. Are you going to deny that light? Are you going to hide it? Are you going to show it to the tri-county starting here in Goshen? Listen, folks, as we conclude, we Christians, we believers, we're about to leave here go into the missionary world, the missionary field that God has placed us in. And we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. Now notice that we are not to say that we are to consider this. Or maybe, you know, perhaps work on it. But we are called to go and do it. When you're a believer, when Christ is in your heart, it's an inherited part of being a Christian. You cannot help 
but be salt and light. So let it out. And only as God has given to you so much, give to others. And we minister this hurting and tired and worn out world. Just go out there and reflect the light of God. He'll give you the words. Go out there and reflect the light of God. He is so glad every time you're there in the room. He'll use you. Be a beacon of warning and love and peace and be salt and light to this world as we go and we walk in the salty brightness of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, you are an amazing God. And you so have given us so much. And so many people have gone through these doors for 182 years. Some that we can remember. Some that we cherish and relish. And some that are distant memories. Like the man that I read about today. A man named Oatman. Who was instrumental here in this church many, many years ago. Lord, we are to be salt. We are to be light today. We are to bring flavor and purity and preservative and light today. Because, Lord, you are the best. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us this day. Bless us and keep us and show us your light. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you so much for your good word to us today, and uh, we are all encouraged and challenged, I think. And so uh, let us now, um, since we're talking about being salt and light, let us now stand and sing together number 431, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Please stand.
72 years of God's faithfulness and our faithfulness to God, we have, called to, we have been called to be salt and light. And so let us continue to do that until the Lord returns. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.